that, you know, it's like how kids talk about baseball players. That's how we talk about albums. We're just trying to postpone mortality. They need that to fill some kind of void that they have. The search for the Yeti. He's a duck. <laughs> well, don't interrupt. Hello there, pumpkin heads. Happy holidays and a happy new year. What you're about to hear is audio from our very first live stream. We don't make any money from this podcast, but with our Patreon, it helps with hosting costs, hardware and software licensing to clean up and edit episodes and to use programs like StreamYard. We decided to move over from Zoom since it gives us a chance to live stream to YouTube and Instagram. So if you want to hear and see more of these in the future, let us know. We'll be doing more on our Patreon and occasionally via our YouTube channel and our Instagram. You can find those links in our episode description. So if you want to sign up and support, you can do so at patreon.com slash smashing pumpcast, cast is spelled K-E-S-T, or you can send a few bucks our way at buymeacoffee.com slash pumpcast, again, K-A-S-T, and it works like a digital tip jar, basically. And if you don't have the money to spare and still want to support, no problem. Just leave a positive review for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, share the podcast, and our posts with other pumpkin heads. Even just listening to the show helps. As Depeche Mode saying, everything counts in large amounts. Seriously, thank you all for making this year the best it's ever been for the Pumpcast. We appreciate you freaks and ghouls with all of our SP hearts. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to our very first Smashing Pumpcast live stream. I'm Frank Garcia Hell. Pat is at a wedding on the East Coast uh, today, so he won't be able to join. Uh, he sends us apologies. He wishes he could be here, but he says happy pumpkin new year. So this is the first time that we're doing this uh, because of our wonderful Patreon members. We spend that money on our equipment and we thought it'd be time to invest that Patreon money into a live stream account on StreamYard, attach it to our YouTube page. So that way in the future, we can do more live stream events, watch live shows together, have panels uh yeah so hopefully you enjoy this i have two people joining me that i'll introduce here in a minute how is everybody doing feel free to comment there we can see these comments and we can reply to you uh we're going to be going over the 2023 year in pumpkin land we're going to be talking about all the things that the pumpkins have done in 2023 and how we as fans feel about those things so uh let's get started you might be able to hear my washing machine. <laughs> it's uh, in the background just going crazy. I don't know what's going on. We loaded it wrong. That's uh, the beauty of this live stream. We got four people watching. Hello, Liquid Sun. Hello, Evangelina. Hello, Mike P. Uh, thank you for joining us. <clears throat> so to join us to talk about Pumpkin Land in 2023, uh, you may recognize her. Whoop, I just closed this out again. You might recognize her from original Asherella YouTube channel and on Instagram. Please welcome Asherella. Asherella, hello. Hi. I am very excited to talk pumpkins with other pumpkins diehards. Like, this is my favorite thing to do in the world. So, very eager to be here. Welcome. And you do a lot of pumpkins related content on I YouTube do. and mm -hmm. on Instagram. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, well, I was going to say my channel isn't pumpkins content exclusive, but it's like 85% pumpkins content. <laughs> and yeah. like the Smashing Pumpkins, they have been my favorite band since I was 11. Like I saw the video for Rocket and like that was it. My life was changed, you know? Yeah. And um, they have been my like number one unconditional, unwavering favorite band my entire life basically and i just like talking about the pumpkins so you know i started my youtube channel and i say it's uh all the things that consume my heart in my mind good bad and in the middle and the pumpkins are a huge part of what consume my heart in my mind so i watch like live performances and do kind of reaction videos i talk about just different songs, like reactions to different songs, my interpretation, just like whatever, you know, whatever I'm thinking about pumpkins related that day, my content's a little all over the place, but it is, it's fun. And all my pumpkins fan friends like it. So Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today to talk pumpkins. Uh, we also have another guest joining us to talk pumpkins, Dean Schaefer, former guest of the Pumpcast. Dean, welcome to the show nice shirt too thank you for representing <laughs> yes. yes the pump cast shirt these shirts are awesome by the way if anyone doesn't have them thank One you really amazing easter egg about it i don't know where it is exactly oh yeah right here the the rocket is the ss ignapo which is amazing mm -hmm. great t-shirt thank you so much and thanks for having me <laughs> uh dean you were a former guest on one of our shows remind me which one that was that was uh favorite guitar solos right favorite guitar solos that was actually a popular episode for us uh because people really love the nerdiness of us talking about <laughs> yeah. something so specific in the pumpkins music and uh that's exactly what i dreamed of for doing this podcast is that we could talk to fellow pumpkin heads and get nerdy about the technical yes. stuff and hopefully in the future uh if this works out we can do more stuff like this and get even nerdier break down some videos break down some live shows and whatnot so let's go ahead and dive into this year 2023 in pumpkin land uh let's just get this out of the way because i feel like we have a lot of thoughts on this first i'm not going to go in chronological order but uh jeff schroeder deciding to leave the pumpkins so uh Ashrella, we'll start with you what are your feelings on jeff's departure oh okay so uh I, I was in denial, like when everybody was speculating before it was confirmed, I even have a couple of videos. I was like, we have no like proof. Nobody's confirmed this. Yeah. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Right. Because like, I love Jeff and I think he represented something in the band that we really needed when he came around to represent that. You know what I mean? I mean, he stuck by Billy through a lot. You know, he was the other than Billy longest consistent without hiatus pumpkin, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, zeitgeist era when he joined up um you know a lot of people initially were like oh he's like billy's new asian guitar player but and i hated that i hated that from the get-go and yeah. i was like jeff is so talented like he's such a cool person he's such a cool energy um he really you know contributed um it wasn't just you know rhythm guitar in the background anybody can do it he really contributed and um he stuck by billy and he uh i think he kind of like represented a little bit of um like consistency and security for Billy and with the band that we needed zeitgeist and beyond. Cause you know, we had a few lulls there up until now. Um, yeah. And I was just like, I was very, I was so disappointed when I heard that I did. I didn't want it to happen. Like, I mean, like Jeff is, you know, a full fledged pumpkin in my heart, you know, like yeah. to me, he is a full fledged pumpkin at this point. And so I was very disappointed 
to see him go. I mean, not quite as disappointed if Jimmy or James were to leave again, but still it was heartbreaking, but you know, I wish him the best. He's a really smart, really intelligent guy. Um, and obviously an amazing guitar player. And I just appreciated what he did for us while he was there. And I always say us, like I'm part of the band. I just, I don't know. I fell into that habit years ago and I'm like us, the band, we, you know, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it I feels, it's so our family. Them. We feel it. Yeah. 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 Um, and people that get it, get it, you know, you guys get it. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I feel like because Jeff left on good circumstances, or at least so it seems, you know, um, maybe we'll see him again here and there sometimes. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. And, um, you know, uh, we've got James. And as long as we have James, we'll be okay. But <laughs> I, I'll i miss Jeff for sure. And I got some amazing, like, the World is Vampire Tour. Like, I was on the, like, Jack and Jeff side of the stage from Billy, yeah. you know. And I was pretty much, like, right in between like Jeff and Billy, but I got so much like awesome eye contact with Jeff during this show. <laughs> it was so great. And some really good pictures too. He's just so cool. I'm going to miss him. I was heartbroken, still a little bit heartbroken, but you know, wish him well for sure. Yeah. And feel free to make your thoughts known in the comments about how you feel about these topics as well. And we'll read them after we get through our thoughts. Dean, what are your thoughts on Jeff leaving? Yeah. I think one of the really cool things about the, Pumpcast has been to get to know Jeff and some of the other, you know, band members who we don't maybe see as much or get to hear from as much as Billy, right? Who's like, you know, obviously out there doing interviews and stuff more often. Um, and Jeff, just yeah, from the episodes you did with him, just seems like such a genuine, nice, down to earth, really good person, as well as obviously an incredible musician. And I feel like from the I think you did two episodes with him, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, like I feel like I got to know him a little bit, um, and so it's kind of sad in, in that way that you you get to know this guy who's just seems so genuine and just like coming from a really good place. And uh, I'm a little behind on the Autumn podcast, and I just listened to his episode, the Empire's episode, and yeah, he just is so he comes from such a good place in his heart. It seems like, and so I, I know that whatever decision he made. I don't know how it went down, but I assume for him, it came from the right place. Yeah. So I really respect, you know, as a musician, sometimes you have to do your own thing. And and I imagine that the pumpkins are a pretty time consuming <laughs> commitment. Yeah. Like they're constantly touring, constantly recording. Like it's amazing, obviously, how much music they put out, which we're also, you know, lucky to, to be able to, to get. And so, you know, if you're like a serious musician like Jeff and you have ambitions to do your own thing and be creative it's probably hard to find the time to do that when you're part of the the pumpkin so um i'm sure it came from a really good place and i'll miss him and i think it's a good point that asherella made that he'll probably i'm sure we'll see him again in some way because it seems like everything's everything's cool and hopefully we'll be able to see him do his own thing and 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 develop in that way yeah i mean uh somebody in the comments here let's see here what we got these comments about uh like lights and the window says jeff leaving was a gun gut punch for sure and i agree about that it really was surprising because especially after that 33 podcast where he praises jeff you know for keeping the band afloat you know being the voice of reason throughout all these years he was a ride or die and of course, you know, we, we became attached because of our interviews and stuff. And even outside of that, he was so kind with his time. And, you know, I'd see him at shows sometimes because I live in Los Angeles and uh, just 
one of the the nicest guys who will take the time for you a fan you know because i'm sure there were times where i felt like a little bit like the chris farley show you know just being like, remember in zeitgeist when you you know the aol sessions so he was very kind uh and patient with us and so it was really uh yeah i was upset because when the, those rumors were happening i was trying to squash them a bit but i knew something was up because when i reached out to my contacts they were uh they didn't say anything you know they weren't like no it's bullshit it was very uh like no response or uh they would be like oh let me check it out and then not hear from them (laughs) so i was like all right but then like some people were being a little uh impatient about it you know, this happened over a weekend. It, it kind of spread like wildfire. And then people are like, they have to answer this now. And it's like, give them time. You know, that's their choice of how they want to roll this out and how they want to um, to present this information. But we eventually got there. Jeff gave his reason. And I know a lot of people thought it was kind of vague and open. But I I feel like as a creative myself, I know what it's like to be part of a project that you're like, I, I'm ready to move on as good as it is. And also pumpkins are at like, they're probably emotional peak right now with just being like, uh, as far as like things are right, doing well, things are riding high. And with all the world touring they're going to be doing in 2024. And the fact that it is a high note right now, I think Jeff made a, a, a good decision for himself to be like, now's the time to step away. James is back in the band the the band seems to be working on a certain schedule the machine is is roaring ahead it's successful so it seemed like a good time where he can be like i think the band is in a healthy place where maybe his role isn't as integral as it used to be where it really needed his uh you know his space of course they're going to miss him for sure and his presence will be missed in certain ways but i'm eager to see what he does i'm a big fan of lassie foundation i'm a big fan of the production work that he's been doing uh, in the past couple of years so uh jeff uh i doubt you're watching this but we love you thank you for everything you've done for the pumpkins and uh for giving your time to the pumpcast we really appreciate it let's look at the comments here uh liquid sun says having jeff cropped out of pictures before it was announced was pretty awkward that's what started it right because the ticket sales where all of a sudden we saw jeff just cut out of those pictures and it's just the original three there and that's where it started kind of getting like oh boy um (laughs) that's where it kicked it off lights and the window says i've watched him and listened to him on many a podcast and youtube videos i'd search jeff uh he was always great he will be missed in the band but the creative heart needs what it needs so true um yeah and if i can add to that um anybody that read the guitar world uh interview that he did he talked about how you know he had always had his own band it like this was really the first time he had been a part of someone else's band yeah and i mean when you go into something so established like the smashing pumpkins despite of where we were when he joined um you know i I thought that was kind of interesting and like who knows we might get jeff's own band here in the near you know sometime in the future that might be you know an an amazing addition to the musical world i hope so you know like yeah he's not going to be with us then i hope he creates his own band and music that is great you want to know something fun? Yeah. So I had um, made, not joking, really, 
just taking a picture of the Oceania era era and removing Billy and just and being like, just saying for them to start their own band. Oh, I was going to say with like uh, Nicole and Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Nicole responded, you know. Maybe. I would love that. I was gonna say <laughs> so, I'm actually yeah. a big Ginger fan, so I would Me love too. for like Ginger and Jeff to do something. That would be cool. And, yeah, yeah. Ginger is great. We tried to get her on the show, but schedules never worked out. But uh, she's awesome. She's um, so cool. Yeah. Let's see. We oh hi Matt Lockwood. Um, we'll talk about uh, these things that you're concerned about towards the end of the show about what we hope for in 2024. So uh, let's move on to our next topic, unless anybody else has anything else they want to add. I just I want to just echo one thing you said, Frank, which is yeah. just, if Jeff ever sees this, thank you, Jeff, for everything you've contributed. You're so amazing. And we're really grateful for everything you've brought to our lives. So thank yes. you. Wouldn't hate a Lassie Foundation opening act for Pumpkins tour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh great so speaking of tours let's talk about the biggest tour of this year for the pumpkins the world is a vampire tour with opening acts rival sons uh stp at some shows don't pilots of course you all know stp uh and then interpol as well on some shows am i missing were there any other like special i know last year they had our lady peace for one show when jane's addiction couldn't make it but with, those were all the opening bands correct I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, World is a Vampire Tour. Dean, let us know your thoughts on the World is a Vampire Tour. Yeah. So, I live in San Francisco and saw them play uh, in Mountain View, which is in the, in the, the on the peninsula or South Bay here uh, at Shoreline. And yeah, I got there in the middle of the Stone Temple Pilots set. They were actually really good. And I know this is sound lame because I know some people sometimes will say this about the Pumpkins, but. I like didn't realize how many of their songs I know and really like. And that's like, <laughs> such a lame thing to say, like, oh, they do that song too. Cool, cool. I love that one. Um, but yeah, they were really good. I thought I like enjoyed their set a lot. Um, but yeah, obviously the pumpkins were amazing, as has been said many times. They're like, you know, really at the top of their live game right now. And there were so many songs in there. I, I had I saw some of the um, Instagram like teasers of some of the sets from the previous shows on the tour. So I kind of knew like Jelly Belly was coming yeah. and, uh, you know, Everlasting Gaze. And just to be able to see songs like that was like a real, real treat, um, as well as like the Celestials, which, you know, I think we, thanks to the podcast, I love uh, Oceania. I never thought, you know, I'd get another chance to see some of those songs. So yeah. this, the set list was amazing. Oh, this time, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. the set list was Oh my was God, just right? <laughs> so super happy to see them. I, my only criticism, cause I have to have one yeah. is I, I feel like every, just like every pumpkins album, there has to be, they're at their best when there's like a long drawn out, like jam where everybody can really stretch their legs and like really go for it. And this set list was amazing, but it didn't really have like a long jam in it. Like the other sets from, you know, the previous tour had, um, had something, you know, yeah, Silver so it Fuck. didn't have that. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. Silver Fuck or Starla or something like that. And this, this set list felt like very compact in the way that like, you know, this song, this song, this song. So I was kind of missing that element of their shows of like the more jammy aspect. But I, again, like, you know, I can't be too picky because the set list was incredible. They sounded amazing. Every song was just great. So I was obviously super happy. Nice. Uh, Asherella, what are your thoughts on the world as a vampire tour? You actually yeah. contributed to our episode, but please feel free to reiterate what you said there. 
Um, well, I went to the Charlotte show, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and STP was not on the show. It was just Interpol and Rival Stones. And, you know, I enjoyed both of them. I, you know, I had pit tickets and I got there super early so I could be right up on the stage. And so I saw both of those bands, you know, very up close. Um, and I thought they were good. Um, Rival Stones, uh, I kind of appreciate, they're kind of like, you know, like the seventies via the nineties via now, you know what I mean? Like they have this real weird black crows, crows ish. Yeah. 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 Like black crow. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so they were pretty good. Um, of course nobody's the pumpkins and the pumpkin (laughs) show. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so amazing. Like, like, and I said this in, um, you know, what I contributed to the recap, uh, episode, uh, you know, it might be my favorite pumpkin show ever, honestly. Wow. It was just so good because the energy was so good. Like Billy James, you know, Jeff, Jimmy Jack, they all seem to be having such a good time performing. And I've been to pumpkin shows where it's not necessarily been like that. It's almost yeah. like more of a chore playing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, everybody was having a great time. The crowd energy was so into it. Um, it was just, it was so much fun. It was so hot and humid, but nobody cared because everybody was just so into the music. Like it, it was amazing. Quite possibly the best pumpkin show I've ever seen. And kind of what uh, Dean was saying about like not having any of the long, like jammy stuff like we've seen in prior shows. It's like, I think we're getting to the point where we like we have so much music and we have <laughs> yeah. so many hits. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, how do you even create a set list you know it's like everybody wants to hear everything all the time so you gotta get a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of this you want to get some new stuff in there i personally thought spellbinding live was amazing yeah, that was, was cool. amazing i loved it um and it was a really good time i got this is one of billy's picks from the show ah. um, a little like guitar pick holder pendant <laughs> to um put it in and wear and on the back of it, it i had it engraved it says um wpc it has the date of the show like 8 2023 sp forever and uh object of hate that's in the chat he was at the show with me that's one of my good friends oh um, nice and he even actually uh came from overseas to come well he was coming anyway but uh yeah so he made the special trip down to uh go to the show with me and uh, it was such a good time um i loved it it was it was a great time and i got to fan billy with my big world is a vampire fan <laughs> if you listen to the pump cast recap episode you can hear my story about that on there it was so fun it was so great like it's so validating like we're being like yes fan me with your big fan <laughs> all day every day yeah (laughs) i mean you bring up a good point one of the things i love seeing uh going to see the pumpkins live these days is the joy is the the feeling like you know i like you said i've seen a couple of shows where it felt like all right they're kind of going through the motions and you know like even when i go back to i mean my first show was seeing them in 96 uh during the uh, melancholy tour Mm -hmm. and this was after jimmy was out of the band and it was already a dark period and i was psyched because it was you know it's my favorite band i'm seeing them for the first time ever and it's a arena show and of course i'm gonna love it but going back and revisiting that show i'm like oh it's not as not as good you know um and so what i love in of course doing this show we're we're looking at different live eras and stuff and especially in that kind of post zeitgeist through um i mean even up to to the um shiny album 
there were some kind of dicey shows where you could tell not really into it but now just watching him and james get along uh i don't know if it's fake or not but it feels genuine to me it feels like yeah and him having his kids out there too it just feels like he's happy you know (laughs) i don't know it just feels right Okay, Billy Corgan is on top of the world right now. You know, he like he's got his kids, he's got his wife, he's got his band, his business, his brother, you know, his best, like James back, you know, he talks about like, I mean, back whenever he was, you know, I mean, everybody, my hardcore pumpkin people, you guys know when he put the ad out in the Chicago paper that was like, I want my band back. And yeah. he had made comments how like, you know, James was like his brother. And like, I feel like the James and Billy, you know, relationship right now is genuine. Tonight, their acoustic tonight, tonight on stage, so good. Yeah, like, the banter. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was like, you know, tonight, tonight, such a complex song instrumentally, but they did just such a good job, like with the acoustic version. You know, it's one of those hits you in the heart and them two, just them two together playing it. Like, yeah, you know, love it. Yeah, it's it's um it's really cool to see. And I, I, I don't know if, I mean, y'all probably had this, if you have friends who know your pumpkin, uh, Pumpkins fans, is the disney you know when they did the promo for the disney performance and people are like did you see this what is this you know world is a vampire guy rat in a cage guy is doing this and you're like if you followed billy at all you know uh like we have this is nothing new like Mm -hmm. it's not shocking it's just like actually it's great you know you're happy to see him promoting a disney performance because you're like dude is happy the shows sound great you know cool i mean if you want to make fun of it it's he's like you know that people always love making fun of him with memes and stuff but i love that it's kind of rolling off his back like a duck now like that could have bothered him and i'm glad that he was just like whatever is like yeah. it doesn't affect me which is yeah, well, the right he, response yeah he's billy corgan like what does he have to prove yeah yeah he's proven himself at this point he can do whatever he wants doesn't matter and there's a huge pumpkins revival right now and a lot of the things they're doing like the disney stuff is sort of helping that you know it's a new generation it's gotta know that 20 year old you know uh siamese dream billy he he's a 57 year old man you know what i mean people grow up you know and (laughs) so does billy corgan and you know he's got a family and like it's it's amazing that he's you know, got his kids at Disney World and doing Disney performances. I love it. I think yeah. I always said that the pumpkins are, you know, if you listen, everybody's like, oh, everything's so different. Like, you know, no Smashing Pumpkins album sounds like the one before it, but you get like clues of what the next sound album is going to be like in it. And it's like, they're a journey, they're an evolution. And this is the revolution of that evolution of the pumpkins. I say that all the time. And uh, some people are like, I just, I hear this and I hear old pumpkins and it's just not the same band. And it's like, if you, if you've paid attention the whole time, it so is, we're exactly where we're supposed to be, you know? It's all in the DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's read some comments here. Uh, Liquid Sun says, saw this tour on the rail in the pit right in front of James and Purple Blood was a great inclusion to the set. And yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I loved hearing Purple Blood. That's one of my favorites uh, from Sear. You'll be hearing our um, Sear episode coming out at the end of the month. Uh, and let's see, Lights and Windows says, when I saw them in Vegas, it was only them. Big surprise, Jelly Belly blew everyone away. Missed you there, Frank. Glad you made it on a later date. I had the worst luck with the with the shows this year because when uh we'll get to this in a minute because dean you went to the napa valley show the uh the one that was 
uh, separate from the Bottle Rock that was at a small venue. And that was that's on my bucket list. I want to see pumpkins in a small venue. And uh, I had tickets, but couldn't swing it, you know, couldn't afford it. I had to end up selling them and it didn't work out. I got sick too. And then that happened for the Vegas show. The first, uh, I was supposed to go there with my wife and then I got COVID and I couldn't go. So that was uh, a real bummer, but I eventually Pat and I got to see them here in, um, near LA. So, uh, it worked out, but so speaking of that, uh, the Napa Valley show, Dean, Tell us a little bit about that show, that smaller show. Yeah, so they played at this venue called Jam Cellars downtown Napa, which is uh, you know not too far from San Francisco, and it's a 700-person capacity venue. And I think I saw the Pumpkins when they did their uh, Fillmore residency uh, on the, you know when Zeitgeist came out, right? And so that was like two times. That was like 1,300 people. So that was pretty small, and this is even smaller. Um, I kind of found it by accident. I. I saw like an uh, alert about the show and the opening band, Great Northern. There's a venue in San Francisco that's like a like a dance club called Great Northern. And I was like, whoa, the Smashing Pumpkins are playing at Great Northern in San Francisco. That's insane. And then I realized, oh, it's in Napa. But I was already like so hyped. I was like, oh, I should just go. Like, let's just go. We can do the drive. Let's just go. And then I realized that Bottle Rock Friday was, was, was where they were playing the next day wasn't sold out yet so i was like let's just do this let's just do this both i convinced my wife let's just go both it'll be fun um so yeah the show was super small like yeah 700 people really cool venue i'd never been to it before like right in the heart of downtown napa and um it was pretty similar to the show they played the next day at uh at bottle rock in terms of set list but with a few extra gems sprinkled in so the i think the big one was they played beautiful for the first time wow. since ni- 1996 and, um, you know, Billy like dedicated it to the crowd. And I, I felt like it was kind of, you know, like a love letter to the people who were there to see it. And um, I think this is gonna sound cheesy or stupid, but um, for me, the thing that was so cool about it was like, you know, I've been following this band, obviously like many of us for a long time. I've been a big fan for a long time. And as we've talked about, they've changed a lot over the years. And there have been like stops and starts, whether to the band or to like our personal interests in the band. Sometimes you fall out and come back in. And it can be hard sometimes, I think, to remember that it's like the same person that Billy's been there all along. And, you know, he's older, he looks different, he sounds a little different, and it's a long time. And something about seeing him at the show in Napa, this tiny show, and being close enough physically to him like, I was just like, oh my God, you're the same guy. <laughs> like, it's still <laughs> you. And like, you are the person who is responsible for all of this amazing stuff that I love, like all the way back to the very beginning. Like, you are still you. And I know it's just like, sounds silly. Of course, it's still him. But like being close enough to really see his face in person, really, it just connected with me all of a sudden. I was like, I've always felt grateful to him, of course, and to the band, of course. But yeah. being that close and really getting it, like, oh my God, you have brought so many amazing things into my life and into the world, and it's still you. And it just felt so much appreciation for him at that show. It was really an amazing show. Evangelina brings up a good point here. She says it's not silly. We all feel like that because <laughs> yeah. it's true. I mean, like, it really is surreal seeing him up close. I mean, it's yeah. happened to me a couple of times. Especially when we went to, we'll go get into this later, but when I went to Chicago to see the Siamese Dream uh, anniversary show uh, at Zuzu's, 
it's very surreal. It's incredibly surreal, and it's hard not to have that, you know, the the history there and what what that person means to you when yeah. you see them up close. And and in my industry, I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of my heroes, uh, some good, some very bad, <laughs> you know, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Um, but that you know that <laughs> happens, and it's so cool to be. Um, that Billy's kind of that accessible. I know he's always kind of been that accessible and there is a separation now, but it is like, you could just see him walking around Zuzu's. It's just really cool that he's uh, kind of taken on this thing of like where he's guarded enough, but yet he's open enough to, to his fans where it's like, I'm accessible uh, for you. Uh, whether or not it depends on what you're going to be uh, uh, probably throwing his way, of course. Uh <laughs> Uh, especially yeah. with this year being a little bit iffy with the Siamese dream uh, anniversary, which we'll, we'll get into here soon. So uh, the 33 podcast was continuing up into uh, the autumn release and uh, any thoughts on the 33 podcast uh, as far as like how the rollout of the songs went every single week, uh, Billy covering that and a classic track. Uh, up into the autumn release. Uh, Asherella, what are your thoughts on that, the podcast up to autumn and the release I, of autumn? I was going to say, I loved it. Um, I liked, you know, how we got, you know, the story, Billy's take on the story, where it came from, you know, with the songs being released. And I really, I thought it was cool. Some of the guests that were on there, you know, you would have never thought like Willow Smith, like, yeah. cool, you know, like random, but cool, um, you know, kind of exposed me and probably others others to people that I might not have paid so much attention to before um and but I think that throwing like the classic tracks in and talking about those some um, really was smart and like a marketing yeah. type way but also um you know I, I was a nice wrap-up you know what I mean we get new stuff we get a little a bit of old stuff um but I thought it was really cool was to hear like the story go along with the song why it was the way it was and um it was, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Dean. Yeah. So I'm behind. I, uh, I have to say, like I, I started listening, um, at the beginning when the podcast came out and I had a hard time connecting with this idea of like listening to an album, which is definitely meant to be an album, right? It's like the opera space opera and like listening to it one song at a time, one week at a time. I had a really hard time connecting with that. I think it's, it makes a lot of sense. It's really cool. But I sort of just, after a couple of weeks, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to wait until it comes out and I can really listen to all of it. And then I'll go back and listen to the podcast on my own pace. Yeah. And, Cause I just was like having a hard time being like, where were we last week with the music? Like, how is it like, like, you know, sit together. So now I, I've like gone back and started listening to it and I'm like a third of the way. I just finished uh, like the 15th episode or the 13th episode. So um, I'm liking it. I agree. The guests are awesome. Like the Willow Smith episode was really interesting. Um, the uh, I'm forgetting his name all of a sudden, but the the producer of Siamese, the engineer for Siamese Dream was great. Um, the episode with him. So they yeah, Butch Vig. There you go. The Butch Vig episode was amazing. Um, it's been great. Um, I I wish that there was a little bit more discussion of the songs themselves and kind of the writing process because when uh, they introduce the, ep the show each time they're like we're going to talk about that the melody and the chords and what it means and how it was written and then billy just basically says well this is where we are in the story and now let's listen to it and i like having the narrative and understanding how it fits together but 
I really would like to know more about like, how is this song written? Like, how did you arrange it? Like, and maybe that's, you know, I'm a music geek, so maybe that's not what everybody wants. Um, I'm happy for whatever I can get. I'm very, I'm stoked about it, but I just, I feel like if they are telling you, we're going to tell you about the melody and the, the writing process and we, it doesn't really end up being that. So. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the podcast. I thought it was really cool because it is, the story is so dense that at first I was kind of on the same page of just being like, ah, I don't know if I like the uh, week after week. And then of course the sound is compressed via podcast. So you're not getting the full dynamics of the songs that uh, they're releasing. And, but knowing the full scope of it and having that time to digest it week by week and anticipating it was fun to anticipate hearing a new song every single week kind of like they did with the uh seer rollout where like occasionally you get a couple of songs and it was it was exciting especially during the pandemic but to have that leading up to the podcast or to the uh the, the release of autumn i really enjoyed it you know especially when they were doing the breakdown of uh the old tracks uh because my favorite guest was probably jeff you know people who were closer to the band you know, uh, Kareen Luxon, who's the SP admin, you know, I think like hearing people who are close to the band talk about the process and what it's like to be in that orbit was always really cool. You know, Sierra, Katie, all these people who were there that contribute, it's cool to hear their experience with Billy and also kind of being like, what, what should I say? Because, <laughs> you know, I think there's probably things that they're like, maybe I shouldn't reveal this or that. You know, I know when I interviewed Howard, there was a little bit of like, uh, let me let me take a moment here to think about how I want to answer this, because <laughs> there is a very, you know, like I said, there's a there's a, a image to uphold. You know, there are there should be some secrets there. Uh, but, yeah, the 33 rollout, uh, the podcast rollout, I really liked. I don't love iHeartRadio. Uh, those podcasts drive me crazy because of how many ads there are. But if that helps fund whatever Billy's trying to do, great. You know, that adds more money into the pocket. So that way we can get uh, albums, you know, more albums and more self-produced stuff. And uh, I meant to bring up, uh, I, I don't have it with me, but I meant to bring uh, the box set, the autumn box set that came in the shiny packaging. Uh, did anybody else buy that special box set? I did it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, credit card debt. Credit. I was going to say a little too pricey for me. I'll get it eventually. Yeah. So, I mean, like, well, we'll get into it later. But Autumn is released. We had the full thing there. Uh, what were your thoughts on Autumn? And uh, how has it gone since it's released? Uh, it's released. How often do you listen to it? Uh, has it grown on you? Uh, is it one of those that you're kind of putting to the side until the next album? Uh, how did you feel about it? Um, um, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. You go first, Dean. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like really revisiting it now and trying to give it the time. And I do think the podcast is helping me appreciate it more now that I know the story. One point that Pitchfork made that, um, I don't know, I agree with Pitchfork, they're really harsh, but that really made sense for me was like, the whole narrative is like subtextual, like the narrative is not, is almost absent from the songs, like it's really, you have to know the narrative in order for the songs to like fit into it. So now that you can, I can hear Billy explain it, like the songs start to make more sense. And I think to your point, you mentioned Frank, like it is really like watching a movie. Yeah. And so once you have the scenes in your mind, it helps to be able to like appreciate the music 
Um, that's I think someone, one of you mentioned Spellbinding earlier, and that is like one of my top pumpkin songs now. I just absolutely love Spellbinding. It's so, so good. Yeah, and live, it was incredible. It's just like a jump up and down kind of song. It's really, really amazing. And, and um, so I'm really loving that. Um, and yeah, I'm enjoying the album now that I kind of like know where it's at and, and hearing that like, oh, this song is intended to be not Shiny's best song, right? Like, oh, okay. So there's like, there's more to it than, than what you're hearing. Um, that said, I know we'll probably talk about this separately. I finally got my hands on the Zodion songs and those yeah. are also really, really great. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's amazing how much music we have. And, you know, as I think you've said before, Frank, it's like, and even Billy said on the podcast, like, you're not necessarily going to love every song and that's really fine. Like there's something for everybody mm-hmm. and you'll like what you like. And if it's five songs, 10 songs, 20 songs, like that's great. You know, you don't have to love every single one. Yeah. Asherella? Um, I autom- I think like a lot of people, you, like once you digest it, you like it more. Um, and I listened to 33, you know, as everything was coming out, but I've actually like binged it again um, and listened to like chunks of episodes at a time and like re-listening to it um, and re-listening to the music that way. Also, there were songs that I loved like initially and then there were songs that were like, uh, I don't know. However, that being said, I think, and I was like, I don't know. I don't want to insult the the voice of my heart, WPC, so much. But I think it is, you know, you know, I mean, it's obviously synthy, you know, electronic-y mostly. I think it is like synth music, but obviously written by a guitar composer. Because think about how good spellbinding was live on like more analog instruments, like traditional instruments. Like there are certain songs like Butterfly Suite, if it was like performed by like you know a string quartet and some guitars and bass and more traditional instruments it would be like another tonight tonight you know um i think it is good um i think that billy is ultimately like you know a guitar composer and going outside of his box and composing music in this way like i mean he's you know a music prodigy like i mean he he is amazing at composing whatever but um Honestly, all of these songs, I think, would it like if they were all performed, if we could hear them all performed guitars and more traditional, not synth instruments, people would be in love with it, like drooling for it. Yeah, I'd like to see that with the Sears songs, because the Sears songs that we've heard live are really cool to hear interpreted that way. And even acoustic where you can hear the bones of it is just so impressive and so cool. And I, I hope we get a couple of more Sears songs that come in and out of the set list as the years go on just to hear their interpretation of them. But yeah, I agree. I mean, like I have to take autumn as a whole and I came into it as exactly as it's advertised, uh, which is a rock opera for those of us who are nerdy with music. You know, we know what that means. We know what that sounds like, what that feels like and everything's a hit, but everything works to make the bigger picture and it does work in movie structure you know we have the first second and third acts and then how it pays off and then even leaves it open for more and uh, i really appreciate it as it went on uh you know when i first listened i think the first act was my least favorite uh second going into third is my favorite of the whole 
But uh, the more that I listen to it, kind of just like Sear, the more I listen to it, the more it grows on me and the more I appreciate it. And it's one of those things where I can't really listen to just certain songs. It kind of does have to be the experience of the uh, album as a whole, as a rock opera. And I know it's not for everybody. This is something we mentioned in the Sear episode. It's okay if you don't like it. It's okay if you don't dig Sear. It's okay if you don't dig Autumn because it's just not your style. We had a listener um, that I really respect who was just like, I'm sorry, I just can't get into it because I'm just not a fan of synth music or 80s, you know, flavor in general. And I was like, that's cool. Because he knows that he's like, I'm going to wait for the next one. Because not every album is going to be your favorite. And I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, For me, it's all candy. You know, it's all it's all treats. I'll take the pumpkins doing Tin Pan Alley. I don't care. I'll I'll buy it. I'll listen to (laughs) it. I like Hooray got a lot of backlash. But to me, I love Hooray. I love Hooray. (laughs) Again, it's um, yeah, it's just for him to stretch his legs and do something cool. It just and I think people I mean, the next album he says it's going to be you know guitar rock right you know he's approaching it like he did siamese dream we'll see how that actually sounds when it comes out uh but i think that he needs to i think fans need to be a little bit more open with him doing these types of things so that way we can kind of return back to maybe the things that fans some fans enjoy a little bit more i think he needs to miss it a little bit to come back to that guitar sound you know what i mean um you gotta when you're an artist you gotta scratch the itch you gotta do what's good for you uh matt lockwood says uh, autumn is the only sp album i don't have on vinyl the prices are way too damn high the cd release works for me but as a collector i need that vinyl i believe you could get the standard vinyl but the standard vinyl even is pretty uh pricey as well almost a hundred dollars uh absent-minded aerospace says autumn completely grew on me too 33 podcasts helped a lot. So if you're having trouble connecting to those songs, maybe if you give a listen to the 33 podcasts again, that'll help you appreciate the songs. And Absent-Minded Aerospace also says, still waiting for a modern era SP album. I could give to a coworker and say, start here. Uh, well, I mean, that's the beauty of the pumpkins. You can say, start here, just back of your favorite albums. And then if they like that, to me, I always like to tell people, because they're like, what's the the album that represents the pumpkins the most? And I really think it is uh, Melancholy. One, because you hear the band playing live in a lot of that. It's truly the band recording in that space. And also, it's so eclectic. You know, there's so much to to pick from in there. And it's like, well, if you like all these avenues they go down, then keep going. You're going to be able to find some other stuff. And maybe not every album is going to be for you but you'll get a sense of what the pumpkins are about. You know, they're not just one thing. They're everything, you know? I talk a lot about how, you know, to be such an iconic 90s alternative band, like the Smashing Pumpkins aren't of a genre. They're not. You know, Melancholy, I mean, it is, it ranges from like lullabies to metal, you know? And like everything in between. And, you know, it's crazy because when you think 90s alternative music, Smashing Pumpkins are one of the, like, the core bands that come to mind um, for a lot of people, even, you know, casual Pumpkins fans, not even Pumpkins fans. Um, so, I, I, you know, they're just so diverse. Um, I don't know. I, 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 that's one of the things I think I love about them because they're able to, like, strike every emotion and hit every chord with me and have my entire life, basically. Just side note, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing is, like, we've been accused of being... Um, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Um, where you're like overly complimentary to the band, you know, yeah. uh, sycophantic, sycophantic. That's what we've been called. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, you know what? I agree with it because like we, when Pat and I started this podcast, we wanted to focus on the positive, what we liked. There's enough negative stuff in the fan community that we were like, we're done with that. We're here to celebrate the band. We're here to lift it up. And that's not to say that we can't have criticism. You could definitely have criticism, but we like to focus on the stuff we like. And for me personally, the reason why I like so much of it is because of that, because I know what the band is capable of. I like when they take different avenues. I like it when they come back to these, you know, sounds that we love. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Autumn was cool. I was going into Zodion, which was an extra thing that came with Autumn that we'll eventually, hopefully see. I hope this still happens where we see a proper release of it, plus some other songs that were recorded during that era. If you listen to the Howard Willing episode, he talks about how it was just Billy and Jimmy just kind of doing it scrappy, putting it out. You know, uh, that that one was uh, kind of more 60s psych pop oriented and if you've heard it it's a lot of that and it's really really cool to hear it be so stripped down you know so scrappy and of course my favorite track from it that i talked about is magdalene i've talked about mm -hmm. it so much magdalene is such a great song uh what are your thoughts on zodion and what do you hope to see from it in the future uh Ash or ashrella you start um magdalena great um i think uh kind of agree like the sort of you know, I mean, you know how Gish sort of has like a lot of psychedelic e. Like, I think we get a little bit of that, you know, kind of in some of these tracks, some of that root, um, you know, SP origin stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that's really cool. Um, I, you know, I don't want uh, ever want a Gish 2.0, a Siamese Dream 2.0, a Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness 2.0. A lot of people want that. Um, but you know if if that is where we're going you know in in the journey like i like seeing some of those older you know roots kind of showing up in the newer stuff now it's like we're yeah. kind of coming back around to that and i think that's cool about you know the zodion stuff i think we get some of that stuff absolutely yeah. dean yeah, I think some have said, I think Frank, you may have mentioned this, uh, and I've seen it on online too, is like people comparing Zodion to some of the Tear Garden stuff. Yeah, like that would be more, me. Yeah. yeah, more classic rock aspects of Tear Garden. I think that's spot on. And and I really like that that Tear Garden stuff. And I, I have to say, I love it. It, yeah, a lot of it I escaped my mind, escaped me at the time, or maybe I listened to it and forgot about it until the Pumpcast came around to it. And I really, really liked a lot of the Tear Garden stuff now that I've had some time with it and it's yeah. aged a little bit. Some of it is really awesome. And I think, yeah, the Zodion stuff really calls back to some of that in a really good way. Um, obviously, there's echoes of Gish as well, as you are saying. Um, so I think it's like a really nice blending of a lot of different influences that they have. And I think one of the cool things about the Pumpkins, and this is because Billy is such a um, voracious like student of so many different like mediums and eras like he knows so much about so many eras not just in music but in all forms of art you know um, and that he's capable of channeling all these different things in different ways and so when you hear autumn you're really getting yeah like this 80s david bowie stuff right but then when you hear zodion you're getting some totally different 
thing that he loves. Yeah, right? like the mean, zombies or yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, right. He loves all of that, and sometimes he chooses to really go in one direction, but he can choose to go in another direction, and it's like equally authentic for him and equally good because he knows it so well, and he's able, like you know, he's creative and he's able to apply it in any direction that he chooses. So it's cool to just see these different lenses on his influences and his different aspects of his creativity. Um, yeah, Magdalena was great. And I, I haven't sat with it enough to know, uh, remember all the songs by name, but there's they, just some really great tracks that are just, uh, they're as good as anything else. And they're just super different. And that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Huzzah is another one of my favorites mm-hmm. off of that. Just the sway of it is really cool. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, if they release Magdalena as a single, I think that would, uh, do pretty well so absent-minded uh, aerospace says i love billy's ability to put out an album that is not an album zodion's context makes it all that much more interesting i know he loves wrestling and it is sort of like when a character starts uh, uh sorry st- yeah character starts as an audience member referee coach or journalist right like having a plant in the audience and then you find out that they're part of it um yeah, Liquid Sun says, I want to see a proper li- release with all the tracks and album artwork in the style of Shiny One and Seer to tie in and close out that trilogy. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they, I mean, I wouldn't put it past to do like some kind of super package <laughs> of all the, the Shiny series, but man, that would be uh, quite massive. And uh, yeah, I love Zodion. I love that sound. I'm already a fan of like 60s psych pop. And mm-hmm. so to hear that kind of throwback is really, really cool. And again, it's just kind of a scrappy, I like the scrappiness of it and the way that you kind of hear Jimmy's organic drumming again, without any kind of the processing or the, uh, the um, electronic elements to it, but I really enjoy it. And hopefully it does see a proper release with uh, the extra tracks on there. Um, It was hinted at to me that it would be sometime i guess in the near year or so before the next album comes out uh in a couple of years but we'll see uh we'll see if that actually happens because you know how sometimes he'll change his mind on some of the things maybe it might just be for that autumn limited release um cool so uh let's move on to our next topic which is siamese dream 30th anniversary uh, 30 years of Siamese dream, one of our favorite pumpkin albums of all time. One of the most highly regarded pumpkin albums of all time. And there was a tower records pop-up to recreate the album release show that they did in 1993 at tower records in Chicago. So Siamese dream 30th anniversary, plus the tower pop-up at Zuzu's Dean, what are your thoughts on this anniversary? Yeah, it's so funny. Like, I think the video of the original performance, the third, the the original release one, showed up on YouTube just like a couple months beforehand. Yeah. And someone sent it to me. I was like, "Have you seen this?" And I was like, "How have I never seen this? Probably because <laughs> it was never out there, or I missed it, or whatever." And so it was really cool to have the chance to yeah re-experience the new thing, uh, kind of in real time, and not uh, you know so much after the fact. And I kind of was skeptical about it, to be honest. I was like, you know, is this just like a nostalgia play? Like, am I going to like this? Um, I didn't get, you know, I didn't go. I, I watched it online. And I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought it was really moving and beautiful. I thought the band did such an amazing job bringing life to these songs that are old. I, I think that's got to be one of the hardest things about being a musician who's as successful as Billy is, is like, how do you play the same song hundreds of times and make it feel good every time? And, um, 
they really, I mean, they do it every show, but I think in this show in particular, because it was special, it really felt like you were kind of witnessing, uh, I don't know, the beginning all over again in, a, in like a really be beautiful way. Um, so I really liked it and, and thought it was like a really moving, genuine expression of appreciation. Um, I have to make one point, which is that occurred to me while I was watching it. Um, I loved how they did the space boy into spaced. Oh yeah. Thing. So good. And, yeah. And now that I've heard some of the, um, I went back and listened to some of the deluxe stuff and like the other versions. I really think that those, that was like one song at some point, like space boy and space was one thing. And then they broke it out and put one on Pisces. And I never, never occurred to me ever <laughs> before hearing them play it like that at the acoustic show. Yeah, I agree. Asherello. Um, well, I didn't get to go to the show, so I didn't see it live, but of course I watched the stream and I loved it. I loved the idea. I loved like the concept of the Tower Records pop-up, like recreating this. Um, of course, Siamese Dream, it's an amazing album. It has been with me most of my life. You know, Rocket is the reason that I am a Smashing Pumpkins fan. That was my first exposure to the Pumpkins. And I thought the the live show was it was so great. I loved uh, um, you know. We had you know, Billy, James, and Jimmy, but, you know, Jeff and Jack and Katie were there. Of course, you know, Jeff is no longer going to be with us, but um, uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was nice that Billy made some, like, mention of Darcy yeah. um, in, you know, the show and kind of, you know, acknowledged her contribution to the album and that era. Um, so I thought that was nice. You know, maybe that's a step in the right direction of mending. I don't think Billy and Darcy will ever, like, mend i don't think they'll ever make up you know yeah. or be friendly i don't think we'll ever see darcy back in the band um i know that's controversial to some people but i, I just don't think it'll ever happen i think if here's what i think i think if they ever make it into the rock and roll hall of fame if that ever happens yeah, i maybe. think billy will extend an invitation for one song mm. and that will the ball will be in her court whether or not that happens or not i i, I have a feeling that. like I think that would be the only time he would reach out again. I, I believe. Yeah. I've got a whole like thought process on like Billy and James and why James has come back around and Darcy hasn't. That is for another day. Um, right. <laughs> and, uh, but I thought the Sammy's dream 30th anniversary, it was so good. It really was so good. Um, it, it was really emotional. I couldn't help but find myself getting a little misty eyed. Pumpkins, you know, they punched me in the heart, hit me in the soul, stabbed me in like the feels all the time. That's how I describe it. Because no other music, you know, grips me the way that the pumpkins do. And this was just like a kind of a really emotionally charged set because it meant so much. Yeah. Um, and I loved the end where we just have Billy and James and Jimmy and Jimmy playing guitar. Like yeah. that was so fun. It was a nice, like, nice little way to end the set there yeah it was really cool i i got to go uh if you've heard my episode on uh my trip there you can go back and listen to that but it was really amazing again thanks to kim roses too for helping me get those tickets and um yeah it just it really was uh, an amazing experience to be there in person, to be at Zuzu's. I haven't been to Zuzu's yet, or I hadn't been to Zuzu's yet. So it was really cool to go during then. I don't have uh, the same kind of nostalgia for things like Tower Records or Blockbuster Video because I'm more of a like, oh, I like the smaller, you know, th those things mm -hmm. killed the, the smaller things. But 
it was really cool. I mean, I still enjoyed Tower Records. Uh, I remember there was one in Dallas that I would go to a lot uh, when I lived in Texas and even uh, the one in New York. But I I liked the way they had everything set up. It was really cool. And then they had the bags, too. That was really cool when you'd buy merch. Uh, did anybody buy merch from that uh, from the, the, the anniversary stuff? Okay, I didn't get to go personally, but, you know, I'm like Cool Pumpkins friends with Justin from the Deep Dive, and right. he got to go, and he got me and sent me one of the Super Zero mm -hmm. t-shirts, the beanie, uh, the tote bag with the um, SP, like, Super Slut, Super Zero logo on it, and one of the Tower Records bags, and it's around here somewhere. It's not that far from me. I just don't know exactly where it is, <laughs> so I actually have that. That's, like, a cool piece of, like, nostalgia type thing um and i loved and i can't believe i didn't mention this just a second ago i loved how they recreated the super slut superman billy shirt um to the super zero that was great that was really cool i like how the band and you know like the marketing and like all the like the merch and stuff like that lately they are doing these recreations of these older things because like they are nostalgia porny but I love it. Like we're at a point where we get to be nostalgic and we can have this kind of cheesy nostalgia um, yeah. <laughs> with t-shirts with and stuff like that. So I loved that. And I do have several things from Madam Zuzu's from the show, not ordered that, uh, you know, shout out to Justin from deep dive. He's a, he's a good pumpkins friend. And you'll hear Justin too on our Sear episode. He's gonna he's helping me. Uh, he co-hosted with me for the uh, breakdown, which will be coming out at the end of the month. Like I said, um, yeah, I got I got a couple of merch items there. Racked up the credit card bill again. The one thing I was disappointed about was they released the mayonnaise uh, vinyl while we were there at the show. And I couldn't get on my phone to order it because I was watching the show. So I missed out <laughs> on it. But luckily, somebody came through when they reprinted it uh, and had it at Zuzu. Somebody came through for me. Uh, Geo at SP Freaks. Thank you so much. He picked up a copy for me. So I really appreciate it. Uh, and I got to meet uh, Geo. So that was really nice, too, uh, for the first time. Uh, really cool and nice guy. Uh very unassuming you wouldn't think because all of a sudden he's like hey what's up and i'm like oh wait you're you're sp freaks all right cool um isn't it cool to have cool pumpkins friends you know like it really is it's like it's a community i mean the thing i love about doing this podcast is meeting a lot of the listeners and other pumpkin heads you know we've had uh we've done meet and greets kind of at the um the the la shows the california shows and it's just really cool to to meet some of y'all in person and then when i went to chicago you know, there were a few people who were like, wait a minute, I recognize your voice. You know, are you Frank from the Pumpcast? Like, yep, that's me. Uh, meeting everybody is just so, it's part of the reasons why I keep doing this is because I really enjoy the fan community, the positive fan community. We'll leave the other stuff uh, yeah. to the side. I don't give a shit about that. But uh, let's read some comments here. Liquid Sun said, SD30 setlist was amazing. Uh, Space Persnickety Deep dives. Yeah, Persnickety at the end with the three of them was just really incredible. I didn't think I'd ever hear that live and to hear it acoustic like that. Oh, just was like it, I, there were a couple of times I got misty eyed, you know, just feeling all the feels. And I really had to remind myself, like, be present, be in the moment, be there because I, I, I won't have this chance again. And I, you know, did a really quick 24 hour uh, turnaround to get there. Uh, so I tried to take it all in as much as I could. Liquid Sun also said, wanted the Mayo vinyl for the collection and bought it as quick as I could when it went live. Seemed like it was autographed only. Then a few minutes later, non-auto came up. Uh, Facepalm, 
on the cost there. Yeah, because it was the 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 autographed one was going for like what two hundred something like that. Liquid Sun, you could uh, correct me on that. And then the the standard one was like thirty bucks. I think it was something like that or 60 bucks. It was a lot less. Uh, Matthew Lockwood says, I was absolutely shocked when they started playing spaced and uh, Gino, uh, sorry, Geo owns a super rare zeitgeist belt buckle. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And then liquid sun says 225 for the autographed $30 for the standard. So yeah, those prices really vary with the autograph stuff. And that, brings us uh well any other thoughts on the siamese dream i was kind of surprised to be honest with you i was wondering because gish and uh melancholy had these big kind of to do's when those anniversaries came along and siamese dream kind of felt like it was almost going to be forgotten so i wasn't even sure they were going to do anything and i remember people in the camp being like don't worry there'll, there'll be something there'll be something we don't know what but there'll be something and we got this and i'm glad that there was some kind of acknowledgement and celebration for it because if it would have just kind of been billy has his his issues with fans interpretation of siamese dream or how they hold it in their esteem and i get it but uh it was nice that we got a proper celebration for it uh but kind of going into the pricing of things uh one of the topics that our patreon member tom davidson brought up was merch prices quality selection scarcity uh what are our thoughts on the merch that we saw this year especially through uh zuzus they're breaking me (laughs) (laughs) yeah like seriously like because like i want i want one of everything usually you know and um like i I love repping my favorite band ever in my you know daily attire like i have so many dozens dozens and dozens of pumpkin shirts and i can't keep up with them anymore honestly um you know i like actually thought one thing that i thought was really cool i got a set of melancholy and the infinite sadness like official smashing pumpkins jewelry from hot topic like they yeah. had like the rings and there was like a couple necklaces and i was wearing the melancholy necklace until i got my pick pendant like every day and that was like a cool way like i, I mean i like have a professional job nine to five job but i could wear my little melancholy you know pendant and it not be inappropriate you know like right. that was more of like repping the pumpkins in my day to day at work you know in my nine to five and um I thought that that was cool. I like that, you know, I mean, Pumpkin's merch has been, is more accessible than ever anymore. Literally this past year, I have gotten a Smashing Pumpkins t-shirt from Zara, from The Gap, and from Forever 21, okay? Like, if you would have told, like, 13-year-old me that I would get a Smashing Pumpkins t-shirt from The Gap, I would have told you to shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, like, no way, because I was like, but I like how accessible it is, you know? You can get pumpkin stuff from Target. And I think, you know, the the site store and a lot of the Zuzu's release stuff, it is really pricey. Some of it I think is worth it. Some of it I think is a, like a little too high. But that being said, there there is pumpkins, officially licensed pumpkins merch available at every price point, really. Like, I mean, you get $10 pumpkins t-shirts that are official, you know? And yeah. Um, it just depends on where you're going and where you're looking and how much you want to spend. And I personally, I want one of each of all of them. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't quite get one of everything, but the things I can, I do. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on it. 
Yeah, my 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 wardrobe is uh, laughably too much pumpkin stuff. I mean, literally lot, too yeah. much. Pump- <laughs> I mean, I just got um, a hoodie from Hot Topic, a melancholy hoodie from Hot Topic. So it's like a second one from Hot Topic. That's the thing. Hot Topic always has really great sales too. So they do. you can buy them for like cheap. Two for one. Yeah, yeah, two for one and stuff like that. Yeah, t-shirt sales <laughs> and things. Absolutely. I have a melancholy uh, hoodie from Hot Topic that I got that's like, it's like black with gold melancholy print and stuff. Yep, on got it. that one that, too. Okay, yeah. Um, and I just think it's cool that we can get it like that. And I will say, uh, the Huff releases yeah. are so amazing. They Those are, are really kind of cool. high, but they are really pretty good quality. Better yeah. quality than the the site store stuff. And the site store shipping is not awesome. Um, it's it's gotten better. I'll say yeah, that because yeah. oof, there was a while there where it was pretty terrible and the price yeah. for shipping was really high yeah. and then even when they went with manhead uh there were some issues there but then at least they were good about like i had a couple of issues but they were good about solving them mm-hmm. and the new store uh it's it's better uh but uh occasionally i will have an issue and with zuzu's they were really good with like uh i've heard other stories but for me when uh they sent the wrong size of something from zuzu's uh i was able to contact them and they were able to correct it and yeah. you know, help me out in a timely manner so yeah it, it's gotten better but there was a time when it was really like fans were really pissed off about yeah. uh the shipping and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was really bad for a while um but back to what i was saying about the huff stuff like it's so cool you know what i mean it yeah so cool. i got the pillow it's- the, this last release, uh, ever like I had a few things picked out that I wanted, and I wasn't able to go on right at the drop. It was like four or five hours after the release, and like everything I wanted in my size was sold out. Yeah, it sold out immediately. <laughs> everything I wanted in my size, yeah. It's yeah. really insane. They have a store here in LA too that I keep meaning to check out. So that way, when they do those drops, I can just go in person and hopefully, yeah. you know, get it there. Uh, Dean, any thoughts on uh, the merch this year? I, I'm not as big of a, a merch person, I but I will say I love posters. Yes. And uh, I've gotten a couple great posters. They had, um, from the the tour last year with Jane's Addiction, I went to the opening night in Dallas, and the poster for that show was awesome. Got yeah. that one. And then the World is a Vampire uh, Shoreline poster was great, too. Um, so a lot of great designs. That. I really yeah. liked all of the different city like posters for the world as a vampire tour they were there were so many really good ones really really good yeah. ones. I, yeah i really appreciate that they did like and i think they did a different poster for every city i think mm-hmm. for both tours they which did. you know yeah that's that's not easy you know i mean you've got a lot of, it's a lot of design that you've got to commission and you know nor, it's it's normal you know for a band to just have a poster for the tour which is which is also really cool but the fact that they did yeah different posters for every city it makes you feel like, you know, I was at this one. This one is special. It's where I was, um, which is really, really cool. So I'm, I'm happy with the few that I got from the last uh, year or so. Um, but yeah, I, the t-shirt stuff kind of passes me by. I got a sh- uh, shirt from the shows I went to, but there's so much online and I'm just like, uh, I'm not even yeah. going to try. <laughs> You're smart. You're saving the money. Uh, we're all broke. Yeah, because... Uh... I have the uh, tinfoil, the rainbow tinfoil of the LA show one that I have hanging up. And it's just gorgeous when the light hits it. It just looks so amazing. And I got one from uh, the New York show as well, the the standard one, because I really like that design. Uh, Liquid Sun says, I've spent a lot on shirts the last few years and same hoodie as yours, Frank. And I've now lost a lot of weight. They're all too big now. So oh, sad. No. 
Yeah, but you know what? They're cozy. It's winter time. You know, that's the the uh, big hoodies during winter time are always my favorite. Uh, buy a size up. Um, yeah. So, sorry. Go ahead, Ashrell. I was just gonna say that. Being said, so you know, we get a lot of t-shirts. There is a lot more accessible, like women's sizes accessible, which that was yeah. an issue for being a kid of the nineties. Right. Like, yeah, I would be lucky big. to get a large, a men's large or extra large and like a liquid blue, you know, like yeah. t-shirt or something. And so I grew up like sewing up my t- my pumpkins t-shirts and cutting them up to like make them girly. And I do appreciate that we have so much more of a variety of like women's cut. Yeah. But the world is vampire tour. They only had like one women's cut t-shirt on the tour, which I thought was like, mm. Not, I, I was hoping for a couple more, but we are in such a better place now than we've ever been as far as like chick merch. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, even uh, speaking of hot topic, there are a couple of uh, sweaters that are there that are women's cut that I'm like, oh, I want that for me, but I'll just buy a bigger like size. Like <laughs> yeah. Nothing's stopping me. Why not? Um, so, yeah, that's our. Did anybody get the uh, the the candles and the, the cassette? Mm, it was it, like so that's a, high that's very pricey that was a very if pricey it wasn't christmas i would have bought it but you know it's like gift buying time of year so yeah um cool uh so let's move on to our next topic which oh uh, something that kind of ties into that uh the archival releases uh vinyl and now cd any thoughts on the vi- uh, the archive releases that we got this year i know we got a uh, candide which was one um god please remind me in the comments i should have written this down which uh, archive releases we got this year but as have any of you uh, bought any of the archive releases i have a couple on vinyl yeah i got a gifted a couple of vinyls um i think it's cool but it's one of those things that's just making me more broke because i want yeah. like one of each you know what i mean um yeah the variations of like the silver and the the yeah, gold and you know. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh but I, I mean, I lo- the more pumpkins, the better, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, I see it. I want it. I have to have it. I might have, you know, these tracks on three different other formats or whatever, but I still, I still want to have it, you know? Uh, next topic uh, is the tour that's coming up next year with Green Day, Rancid, and the Linda Lindas. Our thoughts on that. Dean, uh, kick us off. Yeah, I'm so excited. I bought tickets for when they're coming to San Francisco. I was like really surprised to hear about the them opening for Green Day. Yeah. And this is actually how I found out about Jeff leaving the band because I was like, what are people saying about this on Reddit? And then <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, Jeff is leaving the Smashing Pumpkins. I was like, what? Oh, so, no. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I was like really surprised by that because, you know, when I think about Green Day and Pumpkins, they're they're pretty different, you know, in terms of like their the emotion and the approach and kind of their attitude but you know thinking more about it like they're from the same era i think their first albums were released the same year and more or less and they've been you know if you like i like both of those bands and i listened to both of those bands on k-rock in la growing up at the same time and i think a lot of us probably listened to those bands together around the same time so even though stylistically they're pretty different um it, i'm really stoked but yeah they do stick out the pumpkins stick out compared to like everybody else on the bill like yeah Rancid and Linda Linda's, yeah yeah and like in the european tour um the hives are are taking the pumpkin spot and i like just saw the hives here like a couple weeks ago love the hives oh yeah um but it's gonna be great i think it's rare that um a show like that like i want to see everyone 
Like, and yeah. I really want to see everyone. So I'm, I'm stoked about it. I, I'm very curious how Billy feels about opening for Green Day. I was like, who sold more records? Turns out Green Day sold more. I mean, wait, yes, it's not even a competition. Yeah. It's not even yeah. a competition. Seventy-five like, million yeah. Green Day, and yeah, that surprised me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess so. But yes, I was. I think he's fine with it. He's praised Billy yeah. Joe in the the past too. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a uh, there's friendliness there. You know, I think there's mm-hmm. a respect there that they both lasted this long. Yes. Especially Green Day to have the three core, you know, mm-hmm. members. Howard- for the whole time like it just since they broke you know like it's 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 really amazing and so i think there's respect there and i think he doesn't mind because he knows like you look at you just go to spotify you look at the pumpkins top song how much has been streaming you look at green day's top song it's just nowhere close that's just the way it is and uh i i think it's a weird pairing but it's a show i want to see i think i might try to go home uh to dallas uh texas to try to see that show uh, with some of my family members, because I think that'll be a fun show to take them to. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I've never seen Rancid live. I haven't seen uh, the Linda Lindas yet. Um, Liquid Sun says here, seems like GD uh, Green Day fan base thinks SPR washed up sad sacks and Green Day is throwing them a bone. Not a fair assessment or assumption from folks who haven't kept up, especially in recent years. That's going to happen, you know, like from the outside. Like I said before, with people sending me the memes and stuff, you know, it's like there's going to be a perception. But what matters is what's happening for us, the fans, you know, how Billy is uh, presenting that music to us. And I think he's I think they're they are more commercial than they've ever been uh, since, you know, the the 90s. Uh, personally so it's gonna be rough i think sometimes there probably will be some green day fans who don't like it but tough shit you know i think it's gonna be a successful tour asherella what are your thoughts um i was very whenever this was announced and pumpkin i'm like pumpkins opening for green day what the hell like serious i mean i was just like utterly confused by this and then i started looking it up and sure enough you know green day has sold like 75 million you know records worldwide and pumpkins are like 30 million um it is i don't think it's any weirder of a pairing than like pumpkins and weezer which i love weezer they're super nostalgic for me too um but uh i think that i'm going i'm gonna go to the nashville show and i'm doing vip for the nashville show nice um and i'm gonna try to go to the atlanta show too maybe if i can swing it but um i'm i'm so excited about that tour i think it'll be good um I do think what Liquid Sun was saying, I think there are a lot of people that, you know, haven't been paying attention and in the loop, you know, uh, I agree. They, they just don't know. Like Billy Corgan will always be the the bald rat in a cage guy to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, like casual fans are just, you know, here not, maybe not even fans, but like, you know, radio listened to Pumpkins back in the day. Like that's all they'll ever be. And they just don't get it and they don't know. And we don't care. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah. And I get it's it not because for them. it's not for them. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you can move on. I mean, but the same thing for me and Springsteen, you know, I always had this thought of like born in the USA, rah, rah American, even though that's not what the song is about, but that's the way it was presented to us in the eighties and the nineties. Mm-hmm. And then when I actually dove into like, when I started hearing Nebraska and all these other, uh, uh, Springsteen albums, I was like, Oh wait, there's something more to Springsteen. I finally get it. And I think that's a lot of, that's a case for a lot of people where they're like, Oh, I know zero Billy Corgan, the the zero bald head rat in a cage. But if they actually mm-hmm. dove in, they'd be like, oh, there's something here. There's mm-hmm. more uh, dynamic uh, stuff to check out. 
but yeah, Liquid Sun even says SP is going to surprise the Green Day fans and impress them and also says that they're going to be at the Nashville VIP. So uh, you yeah, guys cool. can meet up there. Definitely. Um, right. Yeah, I, I mean, they're going to be touring the world and I think that they're going to be hitting up a lot of places, the UK finally as well. And uh, I wonder if they'll be doing, other than the, the Green Day US tour, once that's done, if they're going to be doing any other like little shows here and there. I can't imagine that they won't, right? You know, uh, probably a Chicago show. I'm really hoping for an L.A. show. I was hoping the last couple of times they would do another small like L.A. club show. Uh, mm-hmm. But hasn't happened yet. But if it happens, I want to be there. Um, yeah, so... Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Billy and Chloe's marriage. Thoughts? <laughs> I'm happy. I'm just happy that he's yeah. happy. You know, it's great. I, I think especially when you look back at um, earlier times, you know, it seemed like he had kind of given up on finding certain kinds of happiness in life. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just, I'm glad that he has found what he's looking for. They seem, I mean, obviously you never know about the inside of someone's, right. someone's relationship, but he seems he seems happy and I'm just I'm happy for him that he didn't have to like totally give up on something that seemed really important to him in life. Yeah. You know, finding a life partner and, and having kids like if that was really important to him, I'm glad that he was able to to find the right person to share that with. Yeah. All right. Um let's see here. Asherella, what are your thoughts on the marriage? Uh I mean, other than me being just a little bit jealous, we're I'm fine with <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm, it's good. I'm so glad, I'm, I'm so glad that Billy is like happy right now. Cause I think he genuinely is, you know, I mean, think about like tear guard song for a son. Like that was him, you know, that was was the song he was writing about himself for himself. And I think that, you know, that really represented his mindset in that time. But now here we are. And like, you know, he loves his kids so much. Obviously, you know, he's a very involved parent. Like they're always around. He's always including them in things. And, yeah. um, you know, I think we don't always see that uh, with, you know, celebrities and musicians and things like that with their kids. Um, I, I don't feel like the, his kids are being raised by nannies or anything like that. Um, yeah. They seem very involved, you know, like with the kids, um, you know, they do a lot of family oriented things at Zuzu's, um, you know, that you really incor- involve the community. Um you know, in general, uh, I know he's really working to try to make, you know, Highland Park and, you know, Chicago, like what he can do to make it a better place. He's trying, you know, and um, uh, I think that's great. Uh, like I said, other than, you know, this is maybe a little bit jealous there. I'm happy for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy for him. I think it was uh, the wedding looked beautiful. I think it's kind of insane that he did the Siamese dream thing the day after that which was like, wow. Uh, but I'm glad it happened. I'm glad both of those got to happen in that weekend. What a whirlwind weekend for them. So congrats to Billy and Chloe. Uh, so finally, we're going to leave off on uh, this. Uh, of course, we'll open it up if there's anything we missed, of course. Um, but what are we hoping for or looking forward to in 2024 with the Pumpkins? Asherella, start us off. Uh, well, obviously, super excited about the tour next summer, um, you know, and I hope we get, you know, if we don't get a full album next year, I hope we get some new music, some new, like, rock music. Um, I I think that because the things that Billy has done this past year involving Zuzu's in these live and more intimate um, 
events. I, I think he's going to continue to do things like that. Um, I hope he does because it is, you know, reigniting the enthusiasm for the Smashing Pumpkins. Like I said, there is definitely this pumpkins like revival and renaissance happening. You know, we've been here the whole time, but there are people that are getting brought back into the fold because of everything that's been going on the past couple of years. Um, and, uh, you know, y'all were talking earlier about, you know, see, I've, I've been fortunate enough to see the Smashing Pumpkins at some really smaller venues. Like I got to see like that you were talking about the Fillmore residency. I got the to go to the Orange Bill for a couple of nights. And, you know, that's a, a tiny, that's my home venue. You know, that's like where I go to see music more than any place else. And um, it was just meant to be when that was announced. I was like, oh my God. Um, but uh, it, it, it's different when you get to see like, you know, your band and people like this or just a band of the Smashing Pumpkins caliber in a smaller setting like that, in a more intimate setting where you can make eye contact with the guitarist and make eye contact with Billy Corgan. And, you know, it's different. It, it makes things like hit a little different. And um, been to some great stadium shows. Absolutely. You know, this, you know, World is Vampire Tour, you know, pretty big venues. Um, it was maybe my favorite, but uh, I really hope that he keeps doing smaller things, even if it is just at Zuzu's. Um, I, I think that that is going to just, it's going to further this, you know, rekindled interest that the casual fans have in the pumpkins. And, um, yeah. you know, just more pumpkins, more Billy, more music. That's all I can <laughs> ask for, you know, just let's just yeah. keep going the way we are and I'll be a, a happy Asherella. Let us know in the comments what you're looking forward to or if there's any topic that we might have missed that you wanted to hear us talk about. Dean, what are your thoughts on what you are hoping for in 2024 from the Pumpkins camp? I'm really hoping that we get the Machina you know, I think it's number one in everybody's yeah. list. And it's so frustrating to hear uh there's stuff I can't I can't share, but like it's just there's uh it, it's so much out of the band's hands at this point, yeah. and it's really frustrating given the label and stuff how they're treating this and how we're so close we're yeah. closer than ever, but it's still all the technical shit with the label and hopefully that'll get resolved and we can finally get um, that bad boy in our hands in 2024. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. And I would, I, I think, yeah, in the comments, people are mentioning some other issues that would be great. Like yeah. on and future embrace. Yeah. I, would, yes. I would love that too. Um, Chicago kid I, finally. Yeah. And then only other thing I'll mention is, is like, you know, Billy made this comment, which I know you talked about Frank, when you did the episode that like at the Siamese dream 30th anniversary show about like, doing a Siamese dream era tour or like Siamese dream era shows where they're like, we can still be that band. I, I mean, yeah, I, as much as I try not like, you know, to be like, Oh, the smashing pumpkins should just do Siamese dream again forever. It should be a be cool one-off. Yeah. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> it would be so cool. Like why so, not? If, the, if he's into it, if he's the one proposing yeah. it, then that's all I care about. As long yes. as it's not somebody else being like, you have to do this or else we're going to take away your home or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's his choice. It's his yeah. choice. The fact that it is his choice. And he's like, I know exactly what it'll be. The era, yeah. a, a Siamese dream show that would have been of the era, which means including Gish songs, covers, yeah. uh, yeah. Pisces, Iscariot tracks. Yes. I mean, like what the hell? And you know, people don't believe that it would sell. It would be a profitable tour, which drives yeah. me insane, especially for us. Cause yeah. like we, we know how well it would do. Oh yeah. yeah. I would love that. I would love that. 
Uh, a topic that Liquid Sun brought up is Billy and Chloe hosting Chicago New York New Year's Eve. That one, I think, was even more where people were surprised about uh, the Disney thing. This one actually caught me by surprise that it's an actual big uh, televised New Year's event that's happening on NBC in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, it's like which, the local Chicago station New Year's Eve thing, yeah. Yeah, so that one actually did uh, surprise me and felt a little like, whoa, that's kind of out of <laughs> nowhere. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to expect from that. I mean, I'm eager to see what that looks like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I what Billy, are your I think it'll be good. Billy is very camera-ready. He's very good, you know, chatting, interviewing. I think... I think he's going to do a good job. And, you know, whenever Billy, like, he is he is able to, you know, just draw people in, talk to a crowd. He's very charming and witty when he's, like, in that moment, you know? Um, and I think people, a lot of people think Billy Corgan is a little gruff, a little, like, but he's not. Right? He's not at yeah. all. Like, you know, he's he does really, like, warm and really engaging interviews a lot of time. And so I think that will translate over to them hosting this event you know i'm on uh you know the east coast but i'll i'll, I'll celebrate new year's an hour behind with billy and chloe <laughs> most likely yeah liquid sun says hopefully some live performances within that's what i'm hoping for as well some friends and whatnot uh well we are gonna have some live performances because we had sierra and katie promoting that they'll be there as well um dean any thoughts on that i think one of the cool things about the 33 podcast that ties into this is just and this is kind of, maybe this sounds dumb, but I, I just never realized how many, you know, friends Billy has, you know, of, of amazing musicians and creative people and yeah. how important his, those folks are and how much mutual respect um, they have for each other. And that really comes out, uh, you know, when he has musical guests on the 33 podcasts of just like the mutual love that, and respect they have for each other. And so I think it'll be really cool to see who comes to to perform with him. I'm sure there'll be some surprises of people that, um you know maybe we hadn't known they were friends or whatever i'm sure it'll be really cool whoever he plays with i'm sure it'll be great yeah uh liquid sun says i just need to be on your panel next time that is correct liquid sun you're in, you're invited officially invited for our next one so you it's can take not, part sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i want hey, to tell ahead. liquid sun it's not allowing me to post this in the chat but hit me up on ig for next summer nashville you know like i i don't know liquid sun right now at least i don't think i dare so let's be friends since we're both going to nashville hit up we'll get uh give those credits uh at the end or where they can find you and uh matthew lockwood says since the machine reissue probably won't include the 2000 metro show oh we still need that one so bad uh hopefully we will get a dvd slash blu-ray of the uh june 30th 2000 buddha uh, budacon show glass and the ghost children performance is amazing yeah that is a really great show yeah that metro show i mean it's it's there it's ready to go that's another thing that hopefully we'll be surprised by at some point and then we know we had talked to the guy who did the documentary peter who did the documentary for the arising tour that probably will never see the light day it got close but not gonna happen uh unfortunately so I don't know if we helped or hurt that. So uh, hopefully we didn't hurt that chance. Anyway, uh, so I just want to thank my guests, Asherella and Dean, for joining me today. This is our first live stream. If you enjoyed it, please let us know. Give us feedback. Do you want more of these? What kind do you want? Please uh, share your thoughts with us. You can do that on Instagram at, uh, wait, <laughs> yeah, Instagram at Smashing Pumpcast, K-S-T, 
And you can email us at thesmashingpumpcast at gmail.com. You can give us feedback there. And also you can find us on X Twitter at Pumpkins Podcast and on Blue Sky at Smashing Pumpcast. Asherella, where can people find you online? Okay, YouTube, original Asherella. And also Instagram, original Asherella. Just search original Asherella on either of those. I'll come up. I'm pretty much the first thing that comes up. In that, also am on, am on X and uh, Threads. I'm way more active on Instagram, but I'm but I am on X and Threads, and my links to those are on my YouTube channel. So you can find all my links to everything through Original Asherella on YouTube. Great, Dean. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at so totally floored, uh, one word. And I just want to say thank you so much, Frank, for having us and for everything you do for the Pumpcast. Like the Pumpcast is my one of my favorite companions throughout the days and the weeks. So thank you so much. I know it's a lot of work and I really appreciate it. I'm very grateful. So Absolutely. You, Me too. I think all the fans, we love it. We love the listening to hardcore pumpkins talk, like hardcore fan pumpkins talk. It makes my day better, you know, uh, and thanks for inviting me. It's been such a such a great time. I'll come back anytime. Thank you. Uh, Pat and I appreciate all of you who listen and support the podcast. Uh, coming up on the Smashing Pumpcast, we're going to have our episode on Seer. Uh, this will also be available to listen to at the end of the year. And also, uh, we have a couple of special things. We have a Patreon episode talking to a cover band, Siamese Dream, that will be coming out soon as well. And also a supercut of our demo episodes, uh, a four hour long episode that combines all our coverage of the pre-gish material. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. And again, uh, Sierra, and then we'll see about autumn. We're trying to figure out, we're gonna do probably at the beginning of the year, a <clears throat> our top 20 songs of the Reformation era. Uh, so that way people can have to check out and something you can give to casual fans to be like, check this stuff out. You might like it. So uh, thank you to everybody who watched us uh, for this live stream and all those who listen to the podcast. And until next time, we bid you all a fond farewell and good night. Take care, everyone. <laughs>